Another week and another game where I don't feel great about the Chargers getting a win, but there's definitely some ways they can do it this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings and other weird teams where weird things will happen to them. So on today's show, we're going to give you our keys for success and tell you how the Chargers can avoid losing to the three and five Vikings this week and have all the weird stuff happen to them and maybe not to the Chargers this week. So we'll get into our offense and defensive keys for success and tell you who we think is going to win this one after getting into our injury report as well with Drew Tranquil, not injury-related, but now on the COVID list. Sunday Samuel Jr., Michael Davis, their status still up in the Air Force Sunday's game, and so much to talk about. But I'm Danny Wade. He's David Drogmeyer, and we also have John Kegley on the show today. Let's go ahead and get into it. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Join as always my co-host, David Drugmeyer, and on today's show, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, joining us today. And we have a lot to get into, but first, let me just thank you guys for making us your first listen. We really appreciate it. We know there's a lot of great content out there and you guys chose us so thank you for that and of course if you haven't already make sure to check out our new locked on chargers youtube page and also make sure to subscribe to that if you haven't already and follow us wherever you get your podcast from you can find the locked on chargers podcast there but chargers vikings this weekend guys two weird teams that love to play in one score games but today's episode of the locked on chargers podcast is brought to you by mcdonald's one of my favorites proudly serving communities since 1965 McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, guys. Well, as always, we'll start with our defensive keys for success here. Going up a formidable offense, a going up against a formidable offense with the Minnesota Vikings, who have some things that should scare you, right? I mean, first of all, as you've heard, if you listened to the crossover episode yesterday, Luke Braun, the host of Lockdown Vikings, fully expects Dalvin Cook to play in this game. So obviously a lot of chaos surrounding him right now. But as far as this game goes, all we need to know is that he's going to be playing in it more than likely, right? And he's such a dangerous back. I mean, if you heard Dan, you know, Brandon Staley talking about this dude, you could hear you know the reverence that he had for him. Just He's so quick to get to full speed, right? He's so explosive, can break off those chunk gains. That's definitely where I would start things defensively for the keys for success. Because another thing that Brandon Staley said when he was talking about Dalvin Cook and what the Chargers can do better run defense wise for the rest of the season, right? He just said they're not forcing enough negative plays. And I think when you're talking about the Chargers, especially stopping the run, we know they're not a good run defense, right? But the one thing you can do is even if you're giving up five yards, six yards, you know, every other run, whatever, if you can get that one negative two yard play, then you're in business, then your pass rushers can get after it. It just helps everything out. And I think the thing with the Chargers is they just haven't been forcing nearly enough passing plays, right? I mean, they're just letting everyone run the ball so much against them. The last three games, the Chargers have given up an average of 37.75 rushing attempts a game against them, right? The cat is out of the bag. And then you also have Adam Thielen, right, and Justin Jefferson on the outside. But I think for me, David, obviously, it starts with the running game because that's the obvious weakness for the Chargers. And if you're the Vikings, are you gonna, do you want Kirk Cousins throwing it 30 times or would you rather, you know, Dalvin Cook run it 25 to 30 times? I think that would probably be an easy decision for them. Oh, absolutely. We know the Chargers struggle mightily against the run, and Dalvin Cook 
is a tremendously talented running back, no question about it. And one thing you want to stop him from doing is getting to the outsides because that's where he really excels. If he gets the edge the charges on you, are weak there. <laughs> if he gets the edge on you, he can take off and he can go. And the numbers back that up. When he runs behind the left tackle, he's getting 7.6 yards per attempt. Okay, that is crazy. And then yeah. on the right end, on the other side, you know, getting out to the boundary, 20 runs, 136 yards, 6.8 yards per carry average. He is very, very productive on the outsides. He's still a decent runner in between the tackles, but this is a guy who really wants to stress the defense, get out to the edge, and try to make guys miss and take off. So definitely yeah. protect those edges. For me, I, I think, you know, when we talk about Kirk Cousins, um, he's very robotic. Uh, I mean, he's a great quarterback. He's He's got some good numbers this year. Um, but when you pressure him, he's a completely different quarterback. So you have to get after Kirk Cousins. When he's kept clean, 1,807 yards and a completion percentage of 7, 77.7%, 14 touchdowns, and a respectable 8.6 yards per attempt average. That's good. Under pressure, very, very different. 336 yards only 45.6 completion percentage and only 3.7 yards per attempt. 10 of the 12 sacks that he has incurred this year have come via the blitz. The way to get after Kirk Cousins is to get him off script and make sure that he has to think and react. So get after him, get him on the ground. That's how you have success against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense. Well, and Kirk Cousins also when he's pressured, just misses these amazingly wide open guys too. I don't know if you guys have seen that in the games where yeah. he'll just throw it to his first check down because, hey, here comes the pressure. Let me just go to my first read because he's kind of he open for three out. yards. Yeah. But if you look on the other side of the field, there's this guy that's open for like 20 or 30 yards, and it's just become like NFL memes now as well. Yeah, well, and I think there's different kinds of pressure, right? I mean, I think the one thing is if you have a free rusher, he's going to let that ball go really quickly. And a lot of times receivers aren't out of their breaks, right? You saw it last week, right? They get the ball back in overtime. Lamar Jackson throws an interception. They have a golden opportunity for a field goal to win the game. And on third and eight, they can't do anything because a free rusher comes in. They can't set up their protection, right? And then he throws it way too soon. Never stood a chance. They give it back and they lose the game. And that's how teams like this lose a lot of these games, right? And we've seen it because we've known it with the Chargers so many seasons, right? We've seen that happen to them so many times. But I do think there is something to get some exotic looks, confuse that offensive line because that offensive line is good. And even though Kirk Cousins isn't taking a lot of sacks, I mean, he's sacked the least in the NFL. He's only been sacked 10 times this year. Christian Darisaw has looked really good for them. You know who I thought the charges were going to end up before Sean Slater fell to them. I mean, they have some good pieces. He's good at getting rid of the ball. Doesn't mean it's going to be a positive play, right? I mean, just because he's not getting sacked doesn't mean it's a bad play for your defense. They have trouble lining up the protection. They have young guys over there. They will allow some free rushers. And it's, you know, easy because Baltimore's so good at getting free rushers. They did it against Justin Herbert and pretty much shut him down, right? But Kirk Cousins has gone under 200 yards the last two games. There's things they can do against him. But it's just going to come back. Are you going to make it super easy on him? Because, John, the one thing that I have seen the last couple of weeks, the thing that gives me pause in this game is last week, Jalen Hurts didn't throw it a lot, right? Only 17 attempts. But when he did throw it, a lot of times it was play action. And a lot of times he was throwing to pretty open receivers, right? I mean, a lot of times Devontae Smith running away from Chris Harris Jr. And then you also look back to the Patriots game. When the two cornerbacks went down, Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis, that last drive where the Patriots chewed up a ton of clock, I think it was like seven minutes off the clock, 
all of those completions were super, super easy. I mean, Mac Jones, after struggling the entire game, and he still only finished, you know, 50% passing in that game completion-wise. But on that drive, it looked way too easy, John. And then he was just giving up a lot of easy, easy play action passes, easy completions. You can't do that to Kirk Cousins. You can't give him time in the pocket. You can't let him get those easy completions. It's just going to be something that I think it has to change in this because that's one of my fears is watching Chris Harris Jr. line up against either Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. Like that's a thought that should scare Chargers fans. And I think that's why the uncertainty about the corners, which we'll get into, is pretty scary. It is, but I mean, it's, that really just comes down to stopping the run. If you can stop the run with whoever you put in the box in the beginning of the game, you don't have to add more guys. If you add more guys, you leave more receivers open. You leave more receivers open, now you don't know what you're going to do. You're going to know whether to commit to the run or commit to the pass because both are going to start beating you now. Whatever you put in the box to start the game to stop the run, it has to work right away. Once you, they start beating you with the run, everything else is going to beat you. That's how it's worked for the Chargers this year. Every game that you've seen the Chargers start to fail against the run, They've started to fail against the pass later on in the game, and that's when you just see the Chargers just can't make stops or they, they get a stop, but it's because the other team messed up. You're like They overthrew a pass or something like that to a wide-open receiver. Like against the Browns, Odell dropped a wide-open fourth-down conversion. Like That's because you could not stop the run game. He was wide open because of that. So yeah. if you can get the run stopped early, like you mentioned before, getting that little two-yard loss, make it second and 12. And Negative make, plays, make them, yeah. Make them incorporate that pass. That's how you're going to beat this team. It, it's got to be the first down plays really where you're going to win this game. First and 10, what do you do? Do you got them in second and 10 because they try to play action and complete pass? Did you stop them for a three-yard loss? Did you get a sack? If you won first down, you're probably going to win that drive. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. I mean, first downs are going to be the huge battle in this one. It's going to be in the trenches, right? If the Chargers can hold up, they can take some of the positive things that they've had over the last couple of weeks and just do enough in the run defense game, they'll be okay. I mean, another part of that is just, you know, tackling, right? I mean, don't give up the explosives because Dalvin Cook can go zero to hundred really fast. And it scares me thinking about him running through this secondary where we've seen guys just run through a bunch of arm tackles, right? And, and have really big plays. Nick Chubb comes to mind where he stiff armed Nazir Adderley, Derwin James, and like three other chargers on the same play, getting to the outside and creating that chunk play. I mean, you don't want to give him those explosives and, I think that it's crazy to think that a team that has Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, you want them to throw the ball, right? But Kirk Cousins is also weird, too. Like, as many good plays as he has, Kirk Cousins is going to have, like, three or four really weird plays a game where he could take advantage of it. He could throw the ball away on a third down that he doesn't need to. He just does weird stuff like that. So, like, having the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands, even though he's been good this year, is definitely a key for the Chargers' success. You can't let them run the ball 40 times. In this game, it just puts well, way and, too much pressure on your offense to be flawless and score every single time they have the ball. Well, and the thing is, is even though he has these good receivers, he doesn't utilize them equally every single game. There's been games where he's, he's just thrown to Adam Thielen. Like Justin Jefferson will be wide open and he just never looks his way for that game. And you have a stat line of like Adam Thielen, seven catches, Justin Jefferson, one. And you're just like, you have two guys. You have yet to use them both equally in a game. Or it'll be the other way around. Justin Jefferson, eight catches. Adam Thielen, two it's like you, if you use both those guys, it's hard to stop them. And they don't use them in a deep part of the field at all. I mean, if you look at the stats and their receiving numbers, they're really effective with 20 yards and less. So that short and that intermediate part of the fields, that's where these guys are succeeding. Like, for example, with Adam Thielen, he's 7 of 8, 121 yards and three touchdowns, a pass rating of 158.3 when he's targeted in those situations. And then Justin Jefferson, 0 to 10 yards, 
those throws, he's getting 23 of 29 receptions, 182 yards and a touchdown. That's where they're excelling the most is in those 10 and under and 20 and under situations. Past that, Kirk Cousins' accuracy is not great, and they're not really getting those opportunities. So that's where you have to focus with these two very talented wide receivers. Yeah, it's ever last week when he decided to hit Justin Jefferson for a 50-plus yard bomb, right? But right. It, it is, it's just inconsistent. Like, there's just not a lot of consistency there. But the Chargers have to, I think. I mean, obviously, if they make enough plays in the running game, they'll give themselves a chance to get off the field. And that's really what it all comes down to and put Kirk Cousins in some really bad situations, I think, for them. But obviously, the Chargers' secondary, the health there is going to play a big factor of that. But the Chargers' offense is going to have to put up some numbers, too. And they're going up against a team they could potentially do that against. I mean, there's some definite flaws, even though there's a lot of talent with the Minnesota Vikings defense, there's a lot of flaws that can be exposed as well. So we're going to get into those flaws and how the Chargers can try to exploit those on Sunday to put up some points because I think they're going to need them. I think they're going to need to score a good amount of points in this game. I don't think they can have, you know, they can't have one of the Patriots or the Ravens kind of, of offensive output and think, that they're going to win this game. So we're going to get into our offensive keys for success for Justin Herbert and company coming up right after this. But I, do, I need to tell you guys that this episode of Locked on Charge is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 18, 1965. It feels like 1865. I mean, if you told me a McDonald's is around for 150 years, you know, 170 years, whatever, I would probably believe you there. But one thing I love about McDonald's, though, is it's always more than a place that you can just go get food. McDonald's has versatility. We talk about versatility all the time, players, Derwin James, all that stuff. McDonald's can serve a lot of things for you, right? It can be the place you go after the game to celebrate a win and get some good food, right? It can also be the late night munchie spot. It could also be a coffee shop, right? I mean, the McDonald's does so many different things. I mean, locked on charge watch party. You could probably do that at McDonald's as well because they just have so much good stuff there and good Wi-Fi. You can get great food. It's going to be cheap. I mean, everyone has their favorites at McDonald's, whether it's McNuggets, McFlurries, the French fries are the best french fries in the world and i'll fight anyone who wants to tell me differently because everyone knows mcdonald's french fries at the top of the food pyramid for sure but it also is the place that you can go refuel and reconnect and it's just a fun place to hang out as well while you can get some food get some free wi-fi i did so much of my studying when i was in school at mcdonald's it just wears a lot of different hats so make sure you guys head to your local mcdonald's today to refuel and reconnect i'm loving it all right, guys. Well, we went a little long on our defensive keys for success, and I think for good reason. There's a lot to talk about there. But now it's time to get into our offensive keys for success. So I'm not going to be a ball hawk this segment. John, get us started with your first offensive key for success for this game. Well, first key for me is going to be getting the ball to the outside, whether it's going to be a short route, like a little five-yard out route, or even just a swing route to the running back, get the ball to the outside, even sweeps with the running backs. As long as the ball is getting outside, you're, you can beat this team, get them moving sideline to sideline, wear them out, and they have a hard time getting to those spots too. You could easily get like seven yards a play running it to the outside. If you're going up the middle, you have to deal with that defensive line who aren't exactly at 100%. You know, they got guys missing, guys on IR, but that's where their strength, if you can call it a strength, is. But even then, you're not going to be productive just going up the middle. You got to get the ball going left and right, left and right. And eventually you will, and I guarantee this, you will set up the deep play doing this because they're going to really just bite on it because they want that bit, that pick six. You see a lot of these corners, they want the pick six. They try to bite on it. And if you do a double move, especially with Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen is really good at pulling this move. You pull that double move where you're out and then up, you're going to get that deep play easily. 
Yeah, yeah and the, the corners sure. on this team, uh, on the Vikings team, I, I think that's who I want to attack. Uh, the li- linebackers in coverage are, are definitely susceptible as well. Michael Kendricks is decent, but old, old Charger uh, Nick Vigil is not great in coverage. He's given up 17 receptions on 18 targets this year. and It's like it, we know it, this from firsthand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely do. But Bashad Breland, 32 receptions, 48 targets, 458 yards, and four touchdowns. 14.3 yards per reception. And then the slot corner, Mackenzie Alexander, 24 of 39, 299 yards and a touchdown. And one thing that Luke Braun brought up, locked on Vikings host, is that they play off coverage a lot. They they're, they don't really play up to the line. So there's a lot of space for these wide receivers to operate. So you really want to hit them with those slants, those curls, those outs, those quick outs. Those are the routes that you saw the Chargers utilize with a lot of success against the Eagles last week, and they would be wise to introduce those in this game as well. Yeah, Eric Kendrick, not Michael Kendrick. Eric Kendrick, yeah. sorry, Eric. No, no, Kendrick. you're good. I just had to question which Kendrick brother it was for a second. Go ahead, John. <laughs> My bad. Even the uh, screenplay could probably work on the, in this yeah. game too, because yeah, like a, sure. if you set up like a wide receiver screen out there with, with how far they play off, you've already got a full head of steam with blockers. Yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Alexander, Bashad Breeland, those are the dudes you want to find out there. Cam Dantzler is a better run defender than those guys are. He can tackle. I love that dude coming out, too. I mean, somehow he's the one I would want to go at the least out of this trio of cornerbacks. But, I mean, the stats back up what you guys are saying. I mean, getting the ball to the wide receivers, they have a really good matchup. Last week it was the tight ends who had a really good matchup, right? 11 targets, 11 catches, 120-plus, two touchdowns. This week, you're going up against a team that's given up 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns to wide receivers so far this season. So receivers are averaging 188 yards per game against them. I know if you're talking about quarterback stats, that doesn't seem like a lot. But since you're taking out the running backs and the tight ends out of that equation, that's a ton of yards to give up to wide receivers. So those two guys can eat this weekend. I mean, they have a really, really good matchup. I think the Chargers have to be able to run the ball, too, because I think last week— absolutely. In the last couple of weeks, they just have put too much on Herbert's plate as far as just not giving him enough in the running game. And last week, they were able to supplant a little bit of that, right? But getting Herbert on the move, another thing that has to stay coming this week, right? Yes. Getting those easy passes to him that replace the running game in some sense. And then at the end of the game, you got your two best runs from Austin Eckler following on the left side, right? And you got, you know, the only two 10-plus yards that you had for the entire game. You got them late in the game. They stuck with it. Whatever. Has to be better than that throughout the game. I mean, this is a really, really bad run defense they're going up against, and they definitely can be susceptible on the outside. They can be susceptible on the inside, but all that is to say that Austin Eckler has a really, really good matchup in this one, Dave, and I think that the Chargers have to support Justin Herbert a little bit more and make his life a little bit easier by running the ball. Yeah, one thing that you said that I want to highlight here is that run it to the left side. It's so important because the stats back that up. I mean, you look at this game. Matt Filer. Right, and when the Chargers run to the left side, 29 carries, 142 yards, two touchdowns, 4.89 yards per carry average. That's awesome. And then also, run it up the middle behind Corey Lindsley. The numbers are crazy. 32 for 197 yards, 6.2 yards per carry average, two touchdowns, and 10 first downs. If you want to get a first down, or you want to get an explosive play, run it behind the law firm of Slater, Lindsley, and oh, Filer. <laughs> and Filer. Just said it. Those dudes are killing it in the run game. They're making incredible waves. Those guys are getting the job done. If you want a good run, run it behind those guys. Well, just so everyone knows, 
to give David a little bit of relief here, the Chargers have started about 165 offensive linemen over the past four seasons. So that's a lot of names for us to retain. We're not used to the same dudes trotting out there on the same side of the line every week. That's new for us. Let us adjust a little bit, for God's sakes. But I think that's also, you know, the offensive line is going to play a big factor in this as well because even though Daniel Hunter is out, and that's a big loss for them. He's on injury reserve. He had six sacks when he got there. Now they're going to miss him, you know, for only the second week. They're still adjusting to that a little bit, right? They're still a good pass rushing team, right? You still got Everson Griffin, who's still really, really good, even though he might be a little bit crazy. We're not sure. But it's still talented. They still have the second most sacks in the league at 27. They have the third most total pressures, if you're talking about the teams that have only played eight games, right? Because they haven't played – they've only played eight, and a lot of the teams in total pressures have played nine. So, like, it's still a good pass rushing team, and I think it just can't be a meltdown for me, John. Like, you just can't see one of those games where Herbert's uncomfortable, he expects the rush even when the rush isn't there. And I think a lot of that will have to do with how the Chargers call the plays too, right? I mean, calling those screen passes, doing those things, getting him in motion, giving him little easy options and multiple options on the run, even the option to run it, which I think could work for them as well this week too. I mean, I think that's going to be the thing is, like, the offensive line doesn't have to be perfect, but if you have an offensive line meltdown like you did against the Ravens, like you saw at times against the Patriots, like that's just going to be, I think, too much for the Chargers offense to overcome. Well, it's what you did against the, the Eagles to really keep any pressure from affecting Herbert was rolling him out of the pocket and getting the ball out within this, the blink of an eye. Yep. A lot of quick passes, quick routes, and when he rolls out and dumps it off really quick, like he got a lot of success. 100%. You got to do that again. If you get him out of the pocket – the thing with, about leaving him in a pocket is that thing surrounds him. If you get him outside of that, it's all on one side of him, and he either can just dump it out of bounds easily, not have to worry about getting hit, and you keep him from getting hit. Or he can just dump it off to whoever's open quickly. If everybody's covered, he takes off and runs with it. He did really good with this against the Eagles. He could do it again easily in this game, but you have to make it part of the play calling. If it's just sitting in the pocket – Waiting for a play to develop, you're not going to go anywhere in this game. It's got to be quick and it's got to be mobile. Well, I feel like that should be a part of every spots. game plan too. Yeah, it should be a part I, of every game plan. I agree. I, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> that Eagles game is what I was waiting for with Herbert. Yeah. I was waiting for that all year, and it finally happened. One, of course, going into every game. I mean, yeah, protect the guy with the golden arm and the golden hair, right? I mean, obviously, that's that's what you need to happen. It just doesn't usually look as pretty as it and did the last week. Brisket. In the golden brisket. But yeah, I mean, there they helped him out though. Like that's the thing, John, like we were talking about, like that didn't happen for no reason. Joe Lombardi helped the offensive line out. Justin Herbert helped the offensive line out by running, getting out of the pocket when there was some pressure, running in for a touchdown and getting out on the move, getting the defensives going side to side, like John talked about too, right? All of those things are key because then if you're going side to side, the one thing you're not doing is going straight up the field, disrupting plays in the backfield, right? So I think that all is going to be a huge key for the Chargers. And I do think with the offense they're going up again, if the offense for the Vikings are clicking, Chargers are going to have to be good. They're going to have to convert on those third downs. They're going to have to convert on those fourth downs. Can we win some special teams too? I mean, if we can win special teams two weeks in a row after not winning a single game in the special teams department. Yeah, I know that's not an offensive key for success, but like that was pretty cool. When the I mean, it is, that. though, because of the field position, right? I mean, I the Chargers benefited greatly from that field position that they got from those kick returns. And Brain is <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, that that's really helped shorten the fields for the Chargers offense. If they get that again and they can keep getting that moving forward, that's only going to help Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense. 
Yeah, I mean, a Chargers are spicing things up in the bedroom, right? Throw a little bit of good special teams at you when things are getting a little stale. Throw a little bit of good pass protection out there when hey, things are getting a, family a little show. stale. I mean, you know, every once in a while they're going to stop the run. That gets me going for sure. So Chargers keep spicing things up. Don't make it too easy for the Vikings defense because they do have some talent, but they absolutely can be exposed. So we do have to give who we think is going to win that one. That's the tough part, especially when you're talking about the Chargers. Totally reverse jinx the Chargers into a win last week. We don't have to talk about that right now. But there is a lot to talk about in the Chargers injury report and non-injury report too with the COVID list affecting the Chargers really for the first time this season where it's going to have a significant impact for the Chargers with Drew Tranquil being placed on it late in the week. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, all Chargers fans, about an app that you absolutely need to have. I mean, an app that John uses all the time, the Get Upside app. Anyone who gets gas needs to know about this app, right? I mean, if you're going to the gas pump, save yourself some money with Get Upside and get cash back every time you fill up. All you have to do is go download the free Get Upside app from the Google Play Store or the App Store, and you guys can find it for free and start saving money for free with the promo code touchdown you guys can even save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up all the time you can save up to 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up but make sure you guys use the promo code touchdown that's 25 cents on any fill up i should say but with the promo code touchdown you guys can save a ton of money especially if you're an uber driver lyft driver if you're delivering food if you're using instacart all those things you can save hundreds of dollars a month on your ga- on your gas with get upside and there's no catch to it, guys. I mean, if you want the money back, it goes straight into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can get it in Amazon gift cards or other big brand gift cards. I mean, there's no catch. You're saving money for free. You can save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. Go to the gas station. Take 50 cents off that number. That's what you guys could be doing with the GetUpside app. I mean, there's no downside with GetUpside. And make sure to use that promo code TOUCHDOWN so you guys can get up to 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill-up. All right, guys, well, it's time to put our money where our mouths are, right? But we do have to get into the injuries first, unfortunately. Obviously, something that plagues the Chargers always, all eternity, right, the rest of time. And it's a little weird this year because we still have some COVID that has to be worked as well. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen. We very much appreciate it. And there's a huge game this weekend, so we appreciate you guys coming to us to figure out how you should feel about it. Just don't follow my lead. Follow David. He's the homer here. It's a lot easier to feel good about the game. Than it is to be stressed out about uh, it. But, uh, but then you look at Luke Braun, right? Like, I feel like Luke Braun is like me for the Vikings. Like, I can't even pick the Vikings because they're such a weird team to win because, like, they do so much weird stuff. Why do they have to do this? Luke Braun literally went into the woods and was screaming in the middle of the night and pitched back and put it on social media because the Vikings did that to him. So, Vikings <laughs> fans know how Chargers fans feel. That literally happened. Like, that sounds like a joke. That actually happened. Poor Luke Braun. Poor us for all the times we've had to go through it with or- the Chargers, but. Or you could just go through me, who is the leading predictor on the Charger games out here by two games on both of you guys. Yeah, but like no one feels good looking at a face like that and like, you know, that's the guy I'm going to trust with this week. No. It wouldn't be John if he wasn't bragging there's a reason about his we, lead. There's a reason we weren't on YouTube for so long, right? And it wasn't because of the content. I can promise you that. But looking at the Chargers injury report this week, the big one for me is Asante Samuel Jr. Because he has been out at practice all week, but... It's the concussion protocol. Anything with concussions is always going to be sketchy. I mean, Joey Bosa dealt with it a lot last year. He obviously went through it with that, you know, bouts of depressions and things like that. Concussions are a very serious thing. In this case, Asante Samuel Jr. is back practicing on the field, and he's considered a full participant, which is really misleading because there's no contact involved. 
And can you really be, you know, not limited if there's no contact involved? I guess that's a loophole in the system. But either way, he's not out of the concussion protocol yet. But it does make you feel better about the fact that if he does get out of the concussion protocol, he's practiced throughout the week. He's gotten some reps to where they wouldn't mind sliding him back into the starting role because that's going to be huge. The one thing we do know, the other cornerback, David Michael Davis, Brandon Staley is heavily insinuated. He is not going to play. He has not practiced all week. And like when you're going up against Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins or not, you know, that's a really tough thing to go into the weekend not knowing about. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, Michael Davis obviously is your number one corner. And I think he's done a good job of proving that this year. And unfortunately, with the injury, he's going to miss this game. Uh, But with Asante Samuel Jr., at least there's some hope. There's some hope that he could be out there and and that um, he could really help this team. And the Chargers desperately need it. They need to limit Chris Harris Jr. covering one-on-one as much as possible. Um, And hopefully that means – yeah, hopefully that means Asante Samuel Jr. is getting cleared uh, and he's ready to go out there and help this team because against these two dudes – he de- definitely needs to be out there. There's, uh, they're they're dangerous, and the Chargers need all the help that they can get. I mean, the thing is, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are both just as good as Devontae Smith, right? Better in a lot of cases. So that's who the guy. That's the guy that was, you know, torching Chris Harris Jr. last week. And there's two of them this week, and a better throwing quarterback than they played last week. Say what you want about Kirk Cousins, he's a better thrower of the football than Jalen Hurts is, right? He doesn't bring that athletic profile, obviously, which killed the Chargers on some third downs. That'll be nice this week. Outside of that, though, it's tough. I mean, not knowing it makes it so hard to predict these games, and John isn't willing to take one for the team and try to reverse jinx the team by saying that they're going to lose to get the Chargers to win because he cares too much about what his record is. But, like, I might have to do that again this week, knowing this, but I think Drew Tranquil, John, that's tough. That's a tough loss. We do think that Kenneth Murray... Will play this week, right? I mean, he has been practicing, especially with Drew Tranquil now being placed on the COVID-19 list, which he is vaccinated. Or at least he said he's vaccinated, right? He didn't say he was immunized. He said he's vaccinated. So we can feel pretty good hey, about Aaron no Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, David. Went without saying no. But the thing is, is even with that, it doesn't seem like he's going to play. It seems like it would take a while. If he actually has it, he needs consecutive tests within 24 hours, right? before he can play again. I think we have to go into assuming he's not going to play, John, which with Kenneth Murray or not, I mean, obviously, because you're right, has been the most important linebacker so far this year. Drew Tranquil has been better than Kenneth Murray to this point, right? So that is definitely a loss going up against an offense that has a lot of firepower and when you really need all hands on deck. Exactly. That's the word I was about to use. You need all hands on deck to go up against this rushing attack of the Vikings. Swarm tackling. And Yeah, and... The fact that you're not going to have both of your linebackers. This is probably the one game you needed both of your linebackers. And all of a sudden, Kenneth Murray's about to come back. And they say, oh, not so fast. Now you have a COVID situation with Tranquil. It's like, we we just can't win this battle of injuries now. But it's going to be a huge blow. But as like you said, Kazir White has been the important guy. He's the guy that's been making those important tackles and really just keeping the running backs in between the tackles. It's just up to a linebacker or a defensive tackle to make that play. We haven't really seen it that much. I mean, last game, Linval Joseph had a hell of a game doing it. but Monster. If you go anywhere away from Linval Joseph, you find success unless you Linval have a Joseph revenge game. Oh, that's a good call. Mm. Last time Linval he played against Joseph us, revenge. he kind of uh, – kind of, uh, Stay tuned for the bold predictions. <laughs> Goddamn tractor man. <laughs> but if you don't have both your linebackers, it doesn't matter which one you have, whether you have Tranquil or whether you have Kenneth Murray, it's just going to be a hard time because – so inexperienced behind that. 
Yeah. You just got to yeah. run away from the other side, basically. Well, I am Nick curious Neiman to see what... Our boy Bong. I mean, and you already ha- and you already have so many like problems with your corners being injured as well. It's just it's just setting you up to have a hard day on de- on defense. Yeah, I am curious to see what Kenneth Murray is going to look in this new hybrid role where they have him as an edge rusher and and you know kind of mixing things up a little bit. I, I want to see what that looks like. Well, and shout out to David. Somebody told him that I, I don't remember who it was that, that was a terrible idea to put Kenneth Murray on the edge, and then you know Brian Staley doesn't seem as opposed to it. Still tough, though. I mean, especially when the containment hasn't been good from the defensive ends you have right now, that out- edge rushers, outside linebackers, or whatever. To have a guy that's smaller, you know, yet more athletic than some of those other guys. We've never seen him as a pure pass rusher, but it's like, can you even use him that way now, right? Down another linebacker. Like, if Drew Tranquil is healthy, then you can get Drew Tranquil and Kazir White and Kenneth Murray on the field at the same time. Things become a little bit more difficult. You probably need a little bit more as an inside linebacker if Drew Tranquil isn't able to play in the game. Because behind that, you have two rookies, one undrafted in Amen, right? And the other one being Nick Neiman, who isn't ready to play at full-time, obviously, at least as far as hasn't been able to take one of these other dudes' spots. So that's concerning. They have to do well, though. I mean, the linebackers are going to have to tackle because that's another thing we didn't talk about is just they'll run a ton of screenplays, right? I mean, they'll get into your secondary. They'll throw it short. Kirk Cousins loves to throw it short. A so lot. They, just want, they really just try to get huge. guys in, in the open space, Julie. They're more of a catch-and-run type of team. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But on the other side of things for the Vikings, I mean, the biggest thing, Harrison Smith, I've seen, is expected to miss Sunday's game. He's on the COVID list. You also have your starting center, Garrett Bradbury, on the COVID list. And defensively, Anthony Barr has been not practicing and then playing, so he's kind of up in the air for sure. I wouldn't totally rule him out just because he hasn't practiced this week. But I wouldn't also just say he's going to keep playing either. We don't know at this point. Michael Pierce, as you heard from Luke Braun yesterday on the crossover episode, he would say he said he's doubtful. And that was before he knew he wasn't going to practice today. So that's a huge loss. Michael Pierce, former Raven, huge dude, not a guy you want to go up and run against, even again, a bad run defense team. Big part of that has been Michael Pierce hasn't been playing. I mean, that dude is a freak. So that is good news for the Chargers. But Still going to be a tough game because it's hard to feel good about their injuries when you have your own on your own side. Nazir Adderley, I'll touch on real quick, hasn't practiced all week. Fran Steele talked about it. He said he was just sore, said he wanted to give him a day off, but that was the Wednesday practice. Then he doesn't practice on Thursday. The only thing that's keeping me from saying he's going to play with 100% certainty is that Justin Jones had cramps and then he went on the injured reserve list. So it makes me you know, feel hard-pressed to say that Nazir Adderley is going to play, but Good Lord, they need him, right? Especially uh, going up against the team. His kickoff return coverage last week, obviously, or kickoff coverage going up against the team who ran a kickback. Special teams, please, one more week. It'll be great. It's going to be tough, but I think he's going to play. I just can't be certain of it. Bold prediction time, boys. I'm going to go first before someone can steal. I had the good stat about how much the Vikings you know, corners are giving up to wide receivers and all that. So I'm going to say this week that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both going to go off. I know we've had similar predictions of this before, but like, it does seem like it's been one or the other for the most part. You haven't seen two big games from both of them. I'm not sure one is going to have, you know, the huge game or whatever, but I'm going to say that those two combined, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, are going to go for 230 and two touchdowns in this one. I think both of those guys are due for a breakout performance in the same game. And it seems like Mike Williams is due for a, a game big, even though he had the big catch with more than one or two catches, right? I mean, we saw it so yeah. much early in the season. want to see, especially given the outside corner matchups, like Mike Williams could eat those dudes up any day of the week on the short routes. Like they would not stand a chance against him. I wouldn't say, especially with how those dudes have played on the outside. So I'm going to say those two, two thirty, two touchdowns. 
John, let's get your crazy bull prediction out of the way, too. That could totally possibly happen and wouldn't be never seen in a million years. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of yours, but it's going to be the guy giving those guys the ball. It's going to be Justin Herbert. is going to have his first career 500-yard game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 500 yards, three touchdowns in this game. Light them Not up. Not a chance. Not a chance. Wow. Well, so good stuff for that. The Vikings have only given up 300 passing yards to two quarterbacks this year, right? That's not good. That doesn't go towards John's case. But the other way to look at it, though, is one of those dudes is Cooper Rush. So, David, go ahead with your uh, bold prediction. Yeah, I'm I'm liking that. David's going to be like, oh, two sacks, Joey Bosa. Let's go get it. No, I actually, I'm going to say on offense. Uh, I was going to say Austin Ooh, Eckler is going to have a great game in in this one. I, I like his matchup up the middle, and I like his matchup on the outsides. Uh, I think it's going to be a great all-purpose game for Austin. So if you're not starting him, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but you should, starting especially him. in this game. Not even a question. I'm going to go 200 all-purpose yards for Austin Eckler and two touchdowns. I think it's going to be a big game for him. Uh, you know, I'm going to say, if anyone's not that. starting Austin Eckler on their fantasy team, stop listening to the show. Stop right now. No, I'm just, that, I mean, that's obvious. Like, he's running back one, right? He's a top 10 pick. Of course, you're going to play him if he's available. Plus, every week he has no problem coming out and telling you, hey, start me in fantasy. I'm going to go win you your week, right? So, it. like, and most players are like, get that out of here. Get that out of my face. Don't talk to me about fantasy. Shut up. Not Austin Eckler. He totally embraces it. Yes, obviously. Start Austin Eckler on your fantasy team. Start the wide receivers, I would say, this week. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Start every I think both those guys player. will be solid. Don't start Storm Norton, you know. I don't know if you're starting Jerry Tillery. No, I'm just kidding. But let's get into our game predictions. Let's have John lay it out for us and give us the all-time series notes on this one before I decide and make my final decision because, of course, at this point, I'm still up in the air. John? (laughs) Oh, Lord, I can't wait to hear how Daniel Wade goes in this one. But (laughs) see if I can talk myself into it. Before the previous meeting, Nobody had ever won two games in a row in this all-time series. It was always a Chargers win, a Vikings win, a Chargers win, a Vikings win. And after the last two matchups, the Vikings have won both of them and now lead this series 7-6. to six, And both games were won by 17 or more points. It's not, not really a good look. 31-14, to 39-10. Yeah. For me, uh, I want to pick the Chargers so bad after the way the offense moved against the Eagles. I feel like confident they can do that again. Do it. But this time they're actually playing a way better running back. Yeah. But at the same time, they're playing a quarterback that does not scramble the ball like Jalen Hurts does. So you can actually commit to that running back. Sure. So I think I'm going to go with the Chargers winning this one. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I'll go Chargers. 38, Vikings 35. Holy sh- Damn. Well, do I want to go first and let Chargers fans down? Or do I want to let David go first and, and make Chargers feel good about this? You know, have him end the show with a, a positive note. I mean, the thing is, is like, obviously, yeah, I picked the Chargers to lose last week against the Eagles. And I was scared for good reason. I mean, they won by three points in a game that felt a little scary for a lot of the game, right? So it's tough because it's another bad match of the last time we saw the Chargers face the Vikings, a different team, but they got smoked. And they weren't supposed to get smoked in that game either, right? And the only game we've seen the Chargers get smoked this year was by the Ravens, who have Lamar Jackson, another scrambling quarterback, but another good running team, right? And the Vikings have been 
a good running team so far this season. I don't know if Asante Samuel Jr. is going to play, even though I hope he does. And I think he might. Michael Davis probably isn't playing, right? Chris Harris Jr. going up against Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Everything is screaming for me to pick the Chargers to lose this game. I got to gain some ground on John Kegway. So as much as it hurts me, I'm going to try to reverse jinx the Chargers. I'm not totally doing that. I'm not doing that. But I'm going to say the Chargers lose in this game. I also think it'll be semi-high scoring. I think it's going to be Vikings 31. They're so weird, though. Vikings 31, Chargers 27 for me in this one. Hey, hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe I can do it, you know, two weeks in a row. I can do it for this team. Take one for the team. David, make the people feel good before we wrap things up. Yeah, so the Vikings, seven of their eight games this year, one-score games. They are going to play a close game. It just comes down to this. Which team this season do you trust more in those one-score games? And right now, that answer is the Chargers. And for that reason, I am picking the Chargers to win 38-34. to yeah, and like I said, the Vikings do weird stuff like the Chargers used to, too. So, like, there's a lot of similarities between this team and, you know, letting your fans down and just having weird games where they lose it. And over the last two seasons, going to David's point, I mean, the Chargers have played the most one-score games since the start of last season. One game behind them is the Vikings. It's like 18 and 17. So, these teams live in close games, and I do think this one will be close, even though the last one was a blowout. They can pull it off, like I say, right? I mean, this isn't one of those games where the Chargers have to play a perfect game to win it, right? There's definitely some things that they, they don't have to be perfect, but at the same time, like, they're playing a very beatable team. They are playing a team that will beat themselves. Like, they are playing a, a weird, bizarro version of a team that tries to lose games like we've seen the Chargers do. This year, obviously, Chargers 4-2 and two in those one-score games. That has given you some confidence. You love seeing Dustin Hopkins hit it through the uprights last week for a win. Hopefully, that's a confidence builder for him, too. There's some reasons to think the Chargers are the team to trust in that situation. And there's also 20 years of reasons why you don't feel good about the situation. So, it, it's just always, as always, staying away from being those old Chargers. But the Vikings have charged their way through this season as well. As we always say, when the Chargers go up against a bad team, they play down, then they play a good team, and they play good. The Vikings have done that this year with a lot of teams. They almost beat the Cardinals, but then they almost lost to the Lions. And it just goes back and forth throughout the year. The Ravens, they played a great game and choked against them. What did the Chargers do against some good teams? Get a good sure. lead and choke it. Like The Vikings have been the Chargers, so that's got to make you feel good about this game as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what makes me feel better about this game is knowing the Chargers are playing a team that'll do the same weird stuff that they could do to lose the game, for sure, and have done this season, right? And, I mean, the Chargers have charging them, but, like, Vikinging doesn't really sound good. So, like, hopefully the Vikings kirk themselves this week. I, I don't know. I don't know what they can do, but I, I definitely think they could kirk themselves this week and, and lose against the Chargers. And David's trying to unmute himself, and he's looking like a fool on YouTube. So the audience that's listening on the podcast, wow. you won't, you can't hear it, but David looked like a fool just now, trying to talk, and he kept muting himself. What are you saying? You like that? Oh, yeah, you like that. And hopefully, I mean, if we get a, a Kirk Cousins, you like that moment from this game, I'll be so upset. Don't do it. It's Mike Zimmer who wants to play conservative. It's Kirk Cousins who wants to throw the game away. Just let it happen, Chargers. Don't get in the way of them doing that. Come away with a win. Go to... On this season, six and three. Oh, wow, does six and three sounds so much better than five and four? Five and four. I mean, that's just, it sounds terrible compared to six and three. So, Chargers have a very winnable game. They're playing at home. 
They're not going to be, you know, out coached to some crazy level, I don't think. But they can stay out of those obvious passing situations, like Brandon Staley talked about, get some negative plays in the running game. They should win this game. So hopefully they can keep it together and get it done. But thank you guys for checking in with us today. And thanks again for making this your first listen. We really appreciate it. If you want to see things like David acting like a fool and not being able to unmute his microphone, make sure you check on the new Locked On Chargers YouTube page and hit the subscribe button at the bottom. And I'm sure you guys will hear David say some foolish things too. So make sure, as always, just follow wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there on Spotify, Google Podcasts, the new TuneIn app, the Tune new odyssey app and the tune in app of course and make sure to rate and review wherever you get it again wherever you get your podcast as well but if you guys want to leave your reactions for this show you guys can call into the show the number is 323-524-7924 for the lockdown Chargers voicemail line we love hearing you guys react to it because a lot of times we're reacting the same way wherever we are but you can also find us all over social media you can find our new twitter not new you can find us on twitter at lockdown lac you can find our Locked On Chargers Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and John Kegley on Twitter at probably just search his name because his handle is way too hard, and I don't want to spell it out right now. But we will be back with you guys on Monday. Hopefully the Chargers can get a big win. We can have some victory brisket and come back with a victory Monday show. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.